1: Before I introduce you to Robin Holmes, I need you to know how seriously she takes her job. Robin is the clerk in Otero County, New Mexico, so she issues marriage licenses and takes notes at county commission meetings, administers elections. I know how much this job means to her because whenever she gets photographed, she's in a uniform, a button-down purple shirt with her name embroidered on her right side. Otero County Clerk's Office is embroidered on the left. Also, I've seen her office, and it's clear she's got a moral code. She has not one, but two crosses behind her desk.
2: Oh, yes. I sure do. (laughs) And one on the other side of my office. I called Robin
1: because I wanted to know when the trouble started around elections in New Mexico.
2: It was in October when we received this book that it was sent to all the clerks in the state and all the commissioners. And, um, you know, and uh, we as clerks were a pretty tight knit group. And we have a email that we all email to the clerks group and we discuss different items like this. And um, everybody that had gone through it couldn't find anything in it that particularly said anything. Yeah. What was this book? It was a book criticizing the 2020 election. Oh yeah, it's saying that it was fraud. This book was from a guy named
1: David Clements, a former law professor and current Trump supporter. He was sending this 261-page document not just to county clerks but to county commissioners. Those are the people who
2: sign off on election results. And it had all these graphs and it. But it's like, where did you get your information? You know, we've never seen any of this before. And they told the commissioners, I can prove there's fraud in your county. I can prove it happened. But there's nothing in there to prove anything. Did you think when you first got this report, like, this will blow over. There's nothing here. Exactly. And I thought, you know what, nobody's going to believe this. But people did believe this report. Pretty soon, this guy David Clements was showing
1: up at county meetings, confronting Robin directly, especially about the county's use of Dominion
2: voting machines. I think that was Clements' idea, was to just keep preaching, preaching, preaching it until it was just, like, the truth, you know? Eventually, Clements wasn't just raising questions about the
1: 2020 election. He was urging county commissioners to reject the results of this year's primary. Because after all, if those voting machines couldn't be trusted two years back, who's to say anything's changed? For Robin... That meant she was showing up for special meetings, emergency meetings, where her process was painstakingly scrutinized. Like at one point, her county commissioners realized there was a discrepancy. Voting machines had discounted three ballots where a constituent seemed to have double voted. After a hand count, those same ballots appeared valid. So they asked Robin, didn't that mean the machines were, in effect, disenfranchising people?
2: Robin was clear. No. In New Mexico law, if the poll workers can tell the intent of a voter, then that's why it would change. And in these cases um, of these these three ballots, I can remember two of them like they they colored in for both candidates. But then they put something like, no, not this one, this one or, you know. And instead, Mm -hmm. what they should have done is they should have come and said, hey, I spoiled my ballot. I need a new ballot. So, you know, at that point, then then that wouldn't have been an issue. So it's voter error. Exactly. But what that did show was that our machines do work properly and it's it's not going to pick, you know, a candidate if if it's overvoted.
1: You know, I want to be clear about something. My understanding is that you are a Republican.
2: I am. How do you handle that? You know, I don't even really know. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a weird position to be in. You know, why why would I put my job, my life, my livelihood, my, my uh, integrity, my character on the line to cheat for somebody, you know? Today on the show, what
1: happened to Robin is happening all over the country as MAGA activists plant seeds of doubt about America's election systems. That means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
2: The first thing I wanted
1: to understand after talking to that county clerk, Robin Holmes, was how Otero County's political leaders lost so much faith in the basic tenets of their voting systems. So I called up the Washington Post's Annie Gowen. She's been following the drama in New Mexico pretty closely. And she agrees. It all started with David Clements. Annie, says Clements, does his work alongside his wife, Erin.
0: I feel like the, they're almost personally responsible for her spreading this contagion through the state. Basically, what happened was that David was a very successful, uh, popular professor. He was a tenure track professor at um, New Mexico State University. But he was also, you know, very conservative. And he was against ma- the mask mandate. And he was fired from his job, ultimately, last October, because he refused to wear a mask in class. You know, he basically was convinced that Biden had stolen the election from Trump. And he'd already created a YouTube channel and had begun putting these videos out where he interviewed, you know, these quote, unquote, witnesses to vote tampering, et cetera. You describe him having this kind of come to Jesus moment after the election
1: was called, why do you think that Trump
0: losing impacted him so greatly? That's an interesting question. He basically describes it in religious terms. He's very, you know, purports to be a Christian. But um, so the way he described it in speech was that um, he and his wife and his kids were at their cabin in New Mexico in the mountains, and he was watching the Jan 6 attack on the Capitol in real time. And at that moment, he was just overwhelmed by some kind of you know, uh, spiritual fervor, and he went outside and fell on his knees, and he said God spoke to him and said, we're going to win. And so he came back down, he came inside, and he came up the mountain, and he began campaigning, you know, with this firm sort of spiritual belief that Trump was the rightful president, that the election had been stolen, and that we need to take America back. But someone like David
1: Clements wouldn't have gained any traction if local politicians hadn't been open to what he had to say. And Clemens found a partner in an Otero County commissioner named Coy Griffin.
0: He's very well-known in right-wing circles. He's the founder of a group called Cowboys for Trump. He He was a former Disneyland rodeo cowboy in Paris, if you can believe that. And he was at January 6th, right? He was at the January 6th insurrection, and he was, you know, later... Uh, convicted to 14 days in jail, which was basically time served for his role um, of entering a restricted area during that event. And a county commission, like one of their jobs is to just certify the election, right? Yeah, it's usually a very pro forma process. Their job is to basically take the election results and certify them and pass them along so that the the folks who won in the primary can get on the general ballot and the work of democracy can proceed. So we have these two
1: sets of people. You have Coy Griffin, who has some political power as a county commissioner in Otero County. And then you have David Clements and his wife, Erin, who are true believers in Stop the Steal. How did these two elements, these two
0: people come together? So basically, when Clements got fired from his job as a you know professor, he then sort of started t- taking this on full time. So in January, they they teamed up with Coy Griffin and Coy um, pushed the county commission in Otero to do an audit of the 2020 election vote, even though the county went overwhelmingly for Trump. So they hired a, this sort of controversial data an- analytics firm called Echo Mail to look at the data. And then Aaron and David Clements got all these local folks to be quote-unquote volunteers and go door-to-door to to canvas and ask folks how they voted to make sure that people who were registered at these places actually lived at these places and that they were actually properly voting. And of course, that raised a firestorm in Otero County. The audit ultimately fell apart. Um, Echo Mail withdrew and refunded its Portion of the money, and it also sparked an investigation by the Democrats on the US House Oversight Committee uh, for possible voter intimidation. So this audit fell apart, but that didn't actually stop Aaron and David Clements. They continued with their canvas, they continued to come to the Otero County Commission Board meetings. So when it came time to certify the vote um, of the primary election, The county officials, the three Republican board members, voted no, that they were not going to be certifying these election results.
1: This is the point where Annie really started paying attention. Because in Otero County, she could see how concerns about the 2020 election were spreading. Those county commissioners were refusing to certify a simple primary, a race between people in the same party. This wasn't about Republicans versus Democrats. It wasn't even about Donald Trump. They were doubting the whole system. Watching David Clemens speak, and he says you can see how he wore the commissioners down. He sounds and confident. And the Dominion election management system, Central computer was requested. And the Secretary of State and, with participation of your county clerk here, basically did nothing to secure that for us. In fact, we were threatened with... Um, possible criminal prosecution for tampering if we
2: touched.
0: He gets up and like I said, he's a he's a tall he's almost he's over six feet tall. He has this curly hair. He he has you know this rumple blazer that he always wears. It's the color of cranberry juice. You know, he's got horned rim glasses and he's very arresting. You know, he's very believable in his arguments. Yeah the issue they took was with the
1: Dominion voting systems. They were making claims that the systems weren't regularly Checked essentially for accuracy,
0: right? I mean, they had lots and lots and lots of claims. I mean, we had two different independent voter experts look over their various um, presentations and um, documents, and basically, they both said that they most the, all of their claims were baseless and misleading and in- inaccurate. One of the things that they presented was that, like, the, here's a picture of a vacant lot where just so you know 28 people voted, but it was actually the the post office parking lot. It's disingenuous. Totally disingenuous.
1: We pay for this garbage. It's your money. And we're here begging this commission, like Moses showing up before Pharaoh saying, let my people go. Let my people go. What happened next was a standoff. The county commissioners, listening to David Clements and Coy Griffin, they felt like they couldn't certify Otero County's primary election. They just didn't trust the voting machines.
2: elections In New Mexico now, the Republican-led commission of rural Otero County is refusing to certify last week's primary election results. The commission voting unanimously against certification without raising any specific issues. Instead, they cite concerns over Dominion voting machines, which have been at the...
1: But New Mexico's secretary of state said, you have to certify this election. The same way Congress had to certify Joe Biden's election on January 6th.
0: And then the state Supreme Court weighed in. And the Supreme Court, you know, issued an order that they had to go ahead and certify, as was their duty. Because it wasn't just Otero County that was grappling with this. Basically, David Clements had climbed into his 2002 Buick, which he talks about a lot online, which is almost like a character in this drama, And had driven from county to county, he and his wife, basically riling up the locals with his claims of voter fraud. And so there were other counties as well where, you know, these county commissioners were grappling with what to do. So it wasn't just Otero County. It was several counties, you know, where he had gone. And then on June 17th, which was the deadline day where they were supposed to be certifying these vote totals, you know, he, he actually drove from county to county and led the folks in the rooms almost in These angry, they also almost turned into angry mobs. I mean, you know, there was one where in in Sandoval County, he was like yelling, tyrant, tyrant, this is tyranny, this is tyranny. And the the folks in in the room were so angry when they eventually voted to certify that the county commissioners had to be removed from the room for their safety.
1: Back in Otero County, this deadline was tense for a different reason.
0: And so... Ultimately, um, in Otero County, it was a very dramatic moment because during the vote on June 17th, Coy Griffin, Cowboy Coy, um, was in, actually in Washington getting um, sentenced for his role in the January 6th attack. Yeah, he joined by speakerphone. Right. So you've got this, like, all eyes are on this teeny tiny county in New Mexico where they're, you know, rebelling and saying that they're refusing to and to defy the Supreme Court and they're not going to vote to certify. And Coy had told me and other folks that he felt like they were going to go ahead and not certify. And um, all three of them were going to. And then ultimately, Coy was the only dissenting vote. And he, like, called in from, you know, from D.C. on, on the speakerphone, as you mentioned, and. And he was basically saying, well, I just don't, I don't really, I don't really have any facts at my disposal. All I know is my feelings and I just don't feel like these voting machines are safe.
1: So eventually the primary results were certified in Otero County and other counties in New Mexico. But it wasn't because the commissioners felt like their questions had been satisfied, right? They were worried about being thrown in jail.
0: Well, I mean, they risk being removed from office for sure.
1: So in Otero County, the vote was eventually certified, this primary vote. And Coy Griffin, this rancher for Trump who had sort of whipped up so much enthusiasm for questioning what was going on with elections in Otero County. He was convicted for being at January sixth, and then he was told he could not hold office in New Mexico anymore. So when I look at those facts, I think something was prevented here. Eventually, the right things happened. So why is it important for us to pay attention to what happened here
0: anyway? I mean, I think it's really important because I think that this was the first chapter of what we're going to see going forward. I mean, two of my colleagues just wrote a story that said, um, you know, they tried to interview several politicians in battleground state Republicans and asked them, you know, would you stand by the election results? And they would refuse to answer So I think that this is just the opening window in what we're going to see going forward and that there's a great possibility that there will be a lot of chaos surrounding the midterms and beyond.
1: After the break, Annie confronts David Clements about his voter fraud activism and meets a whole ensemble of election fraud evangelists who are spreading their message around the country.
0: The future of America is in your hands. This is not a movie trailer, and it's not a political ad, but it is a call to action. I'm Mila Atmos, and I'm passionate about unlocking the power of everyday citizens. On our podcast, Future Hindsight, we take big ideas about civic life and democracy and turn them into action items for you and me. Every Thursday, we talk to bold activists and civic innovators to help you understand your power and your power to change the status quo. Find us at futurehindsight.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: I know you spoke with David Clemens and your conversation with him, you, you took him to task. like You were really demanding answers from him. Can you just characterize that conversation?
0: I'm glad you think that, because I felt like I was really getting flustered. My question to you is, why are you so hostile? I'm not hostile. absolutely
1: hostile. I'm not. Why why, why do you think it's beneath concerned citizens? I don't. I don't
0: at all. I I mean, I've been a journalist at The Post for 25 years, but it's quite, I think it's really difficult when you have someone in your face who's calling you a propagandist and you work for a propagandist organization, and just by the virtue that you happen to believe that the that the 2020 election was fair and legitimate. He said I wasn't qualified to interview him, etc.
1: You're a propagandist. Oh, for heaven's sake, You're sakes. a propagandist. That's so. The Washington Post is a now. propaganda news rag.
0: But I think that's what's so insidious, is that he's taking advantage of people's unfamiliarity with these very, the way these very, very complicated systems work.
1: You asked him straight up, why are you guys doing this? And then he turned it around on you. He said, my question is, why are you so hostile?
0: Well, yeah, but that's a very misogynist thing to do, right, to a woman, to ask a woman why she's hostile. um, That's, I mean, I don't know that he would have asked a man that same question, but anyway. While you were recording with Clements, you were approached by a Republican candidate
1: for governor who just wanted to thank Clements for coming forward. And it struck me how much David Clements is becoming part of the Republican
0: machinery, I wouldn't say the Republican machinery. I would probably just say the conservative MAGA Republican machinery is what I would say on that.
1: Hmm. What's the difference to you?
0: Well, I mean, he's part of this group of people who are vote fraud evangelists and they travel the country. And it's a cabal. I mean, it's like Mike Lindell, you know, the My Pillow guy who's one of Trump's biggest supporters. You know, there's a guy named Seth Keschel that they call Captain K who – you know, was a former military man who's now one of these traveling vote fraud evangelists and does similar things. Then you have someone like Douglas Frank, who's, uh, I think he's a math professor, but he sort of uh, is someone, he he wears a little bow tie and he goes around talking about this secret algorithm that he has that shows, you know, massive vote fraud. You know, there's, there's several of these people that are traveling around and they're going from small town to small town to small town. And as David Clements himself said, these forgotten places where people feel left behind or not, you know, not addressed or whatever, they're going to these teeny tiny places and they're spreading the gospel of Donald Trump's election fraud.
1: Is there a counter narrative? Like as these figures make their way across the country, present to Republicans who are interested in hearing about potential voter fraud, is there an alternative out there? Folks going around the country and saying, actually, here's why the election system is working and why this information you may be hearing is possibly incorrect.
0: Well, I think that the Democrats are are trying that. But it's certainly not as loud or as grassroots as what's happening on the MAGA Republican side. I mean, I think the House Oversight Committee just put out a report about how dangerous these folks are. But I don't think you have these traveling (laughs) voter security evangelists in the same way that you have these other people that are spreading misinformation.
1: You've made this point that while loyalty to Trump is an important part of understanding the way this voter fraud evangelizing is working, it's working kind of differently than gerrymandering, for example, which focuses on suppressing the votes of specific groups of people. It's an attack on the democratic process itself. So like you look at a place like Otero County, a pretty red county, when you're not counting the votes of the people there. You are disenfranchising Republican voters. And I thought that was such a smart thing to point out. But it also made me wonder, like, what's the end game here? Because if you're suppressing your own vote, it doesn't seem like that works out for you in the end. I think the end game is
0: basically The idea that these folks are deliberately sowing chaos, um, which will ultimately lead to opportunities to further attack the integrity of elections. In Nevada, there's been this movement to hand count votes. There's a teeny tiny county called Esmeralda County, which is the smallest county in the state. And they did hand count their ballots in the primary. And it took them seven hours to count 317 ballots. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So these things are happening all across the country. Two of my colleagues had a story a couple of weeks ago about um, the way that these folks are papering these county clerks offices these days with FOIA requests. Most records are kept for, by law, supposed to be kept for 22 months. So they're nearing that deadline, right? So these little clerks offices, are, which are trying to prepare for the big midterm elections, are getting papered with these FOIA requests. And these, these clerks are just almost overwhelmed trying to keep up with all these requests.
1: It feels a little bit like the constituents themselves, when you
0: put it like that, are being used, like deployed. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. I mean, they're following marching orders.
1: Listening to you, I can tell how important this beat is to you personally. And I know that in the past you covered war zones. So I kind of wonder how you decided that what was important for you to cover as a journalist right now was what was happening domestically.
0: Yeah. Like I, I've been at the post 25 years. I was a foreign correspondent in, in India. I was in Iraq. I was in Afghanistan. I w- I was in Ukraine. Um, not this time, but in 2014. So I, you know, obviously I've got a lot of experience, but I, really just personally believe that this is like the most important work I can do as a journalist or the most important work of my career. I just really think that our American democracy is under threat. And I think it's important to call out these bad actors for what they're doing and the damage that they're causing to our civil society.
1: Annie Gowan, I'm really grateful for your reporting. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me.
1: Annie Gowen is the Midwest correspondent for The Washington Post. And that's the show. If you're a fan of what we're doing here at What Next, the best way to support what we do is to join Slate Plus. The way to do that is to go to slate.com slash whatnextplus. When you do it that way, we get extra credit points with our bosses. So, you know, try it out. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Mary Wilson, Carmel Delshad, and Madeline Ducharme. We are getting a ton of support right now from Anna Phillips and Jared Downing, We are led by Alicia Montgomery and Joanne Levine. Quick note here, if you did not catch What Next TBD this weekend, you still have time. You can do it right now. Lizzie O'Leary took a deep dive into what's behind the resurgence of nuclear energy. Check it out. All right, I'm Mary Harris. I'm going to be back
2: in this feed tomorrow. I'll catch you then.